turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the program. I'm Ron Arbaugh and I have the privilege of being the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. I also have the privilege of hosting the show every day during during the week. But today, as you know, is a special day. It's the date day edition, which means Paula is live in studio and we will take your phone calls and questions and anything that's on your heart. Ladies, especially we set this day aside for you. You get priority. So we'd love your phone calls and questions, or if you just need to be encouraged. Uh, that's one of the things that Paula does best. Uh, you can call us by dialing 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send them in that way as well. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, Hit the one button banner that says call now. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Uh, Paula, before we get started, I, I think the best way to open our show today is to ask our listeners for prayer for Kuka. So uh, I would do that. Kuka Perez is uh, a dear lady, um, been at our church for 22 years. Um, she served as my translator uh, when we are in the streets in Mexico doing things. Uh, just uh, she's raised a great family and uh, pray she's 92 years old. She had surgery today and there were complications. Uh, she is in intensive care. If she gets through the night, they are going to take her back into surgery tomorrow. They couldn't finish today. Uh, so we would just love to know that people in the audience are praying. This is um, a woman who is so full of Jesus, and it just spills out all over. Now, I feel almost a little guilty, Paula, praying for her recovery. And we were just praying and said, Lord, you know what's best. And she would want to be with you, but we don't want mm-hmm. her to go yet. We're not ready. And those are always hard prayers. You know, yeah. thy will be done, Lord, but please hear my prayer, you yeah, know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Uh, but at least we'll know with the audience as well, praying for God's will to be done, that uh, that lots of prayers are going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking about that because, you know, once you're right there, I remember being on the operating table and, and you know, I had already said goodbye to you just in case, you know, I went to be with Jesus. I mean, that's like the best case scenario, to tell you the truth. Um, but I woke up. Yeah. Yeah. But I woke up here still and it was OK. But, you know, when you get close like that, it's like, just let me go because you still gonna have to turn around soon and you have to revisit this disappointment. Agreed. And, uh, um, you know, she's still full life. She's got oh man, she's got hundreds of grandkids. It seems great grandkids. Yeah, all her family. A whole, and she has a huge family. 
they each have a scripture that she's been praying for them since a lot of them were even born. And I mean, daily, uh, you know, they were, we were laughing because uh, I think this morning I said, she has to be at the hospital at 4 a.m. Big deal. That's what time she's up every morning anyway. She listens to you faithfully every morning at 5, but she has to get up at 4 so she can be ready to hear her pastor Ron on the radio. But, um, yeah, she has a huge family. And, again, once again, she prays for each of them by name, scriptures. Just And, and it's been that way forever. I remember we went to, I think it was her 80th, 85th birthday or something, and they had to rent a whole restaurant to get... Actually, it was her 90th. It was her 90th? Okay. It was her 90th birthday. Oh, yes. Yeah, you weren't feeling so well. Mm-hmm. That was before your surgery. Um, and it, it, they filled the room. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a big room. It was a big room, yeah. But everybody loves Kuka because Kuka loves so deeply everyone. And she's like, man, it would not be... Lord, you have to save Kuka. That's all there is to it. Just bring her back to us. Spare me sorrow <laughs> yeah. upon sorrow, yeah. Lord. Let me Come tell on. the audience, Paula, just a quick fun story about Kuka. Uh, we were in Monterey, and I don't know exactly how long ago. When I tell stories, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I tell these stories, I always say, you know, 10 years ago. Uh-huh. I have no idea, but but it was 10 or so years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a while ago. 15 uh, years We ago. were in Monterey doing oh, wow. A Joy of Jesus. Okay, yeah. And it was just a great, great time, and the people responded so well. And um, uh, Kuka was walking with me, and she's serving my, as my interpreter as I was sharing with people. And so I would, I would talk to somebody, and Kuka would interpret, and I would say something else. And what I was saying wasn't all that long, and she would just keep going and going. And then I would, I would say, okay, Kuka, here's, here's what you do. Tell her that Jesus died for her sins, and and that he loves her, he wants to give her new life, he wants her to go to heaven, that she has to be born again. And so then Kuka would go on and on, and I said, okay, Kuka, now ask her if she wants to receive Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Kuka says, oh, Pastor Ron, she already did. Mm-hmm. Let's we're, go on to the next one. Yeah. Huh? I'm, I'm discipling her now. <laughs> She's a convert, I'm discipling her now. And I looked at her and I said, you're not even saying what I'm saying, are you? <laughs> she, she just laughed at me. You know, she's about four foot one. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's a little taller than that, but not very much. Not much. And and up until two years ago, she was still walking a mile plus every day yeah. in the morning at four o'clock. Yeah. Um, and um, just Jesus oozes from every fiber of her being. And yeah. I'd sure like to see her again real soon. Mm-hmm. Me too. Thank you for your prayers. I would consider it a personal <laughs> favor. Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions. Paula, it's Thursday. It's your show. It is. And you know what you were saying? It's such a privilege for you to be um, pastor of Calvary Chapel San Antonio. And, you know, if when you look back on our lives, never in a million years, right, would you, this would be the, your career kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't call this a career now. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think I think one of the things when God humbles you and and you've had careers and then he picks you up and sort of rescues you. uh, I think the one thing you understand is uh, like Luke chapter 17. I'm I'm only an unprofitable servant doing my duty. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but being an unprofitable servant is the greatest life ever. And I never, ever would have imagined that I would be doing this. I mean, save 28 years. And there are days when it still feels like day one to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids sang a song last night about the love of God. You know, we can't earn it, and we certainly don't deserve it. And yet when you said, I, in the introduction, you know, say hi to the people, you said, I have the privilege of being, and I was thinking, wow, you're the pastor of Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. What a great life, huh? Yeah, this morning we uh, we had a, an appointment over at the clinic, Malta Medical, mm-hmm. and uh, when we walked in just a little bit after ten o'clock, um, the the waiting room was full of people. It was really full. And and um, you know I just had to make a really quick stop in there and then come out. And um, there, there were there were people in there when I came out. One lady hugged me and she said, "I just I used to listen to you 
at the radio all the time, thank you for doing this. This clinic has saved my life. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, thank you. You know, you can still listen to me on the radio. <laughs> it's okay. And she just laughed. But, but there was a person I've never met, and the, her gratitude was so genuine, so heartfelt, mm-hmm. that I thought, you know, Lord, when you have us do these crazy steps of faith, there's always a reason that woman was just one of them. And then you could look around at all yeah. the other people mm-hmm. in the in the waiting room there and realize this can be a busy day for the clinic. But at the same time, it's going to be a great day. All those people are going to hear about Jesus. They're all going to get prayed for. Some of them are going to get well. Um, um, and, and others are going to realize what they're going through. They don't have to go through alone. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and like you say, some will get well. But for sure, they all know that they're special. They all know that, that God made this clinic available just for them to be able to come, you know, for no money. I talked to a man named Bill and um, he just says, I'm uninformed. And so he was there to see Jared, the nutritionist to get informed about how to better um, his health. And so it it was just a, a neat time. Yeah, and, and I would just thank you to you because uh, I was watching how special you made all of them feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you went to every one of them and talked to them and hugged them like a, like a the waiting room mom or something. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, it, was, it was just really neat to watch. Mm-hmm. The, the, every one of those people knew that Jesus loved them, uh, if for no other reason than, than your uh-huh. reaction to them. Uh-huh. So anyway, yesterday you had a... A pastor calling in about, um, you know, I guess taking a, a pastor job somewhere else, and uh, he was asking for your counsel. And I thought the best counsel right at the end, you said, "Be sure your wife is on board." And then you use Amos three three. Um, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And you know, that's what the NLT says. That's what the NLC okay. NLT says. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And, you like know, that. yeah, it, it would have been a much different story had you said, Paul, I'm going to be a pastor. The Lord's going to tell me where to go. And then when he tells me where we're going to go, get in the car, sit down, put your seatbelt on, let's go. Would have been a much different thing than, uh, Paula, I, I know you know, the Lord's spoken to me about where we're going and um, I need you to pray, <laughs> you know, uh, because to hear the word Texas just kind of, it wasn't in my scope of the end of my life being Texas kind of thing. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, the best thing was we're not going until we're in agreement and it wasn't a threatening kind of a thing at all. It was, babe, just pray. If God can talk to me, he can talk to you. And if it's really him doing the talking, um, we won't go until we're in agreement. And you know, Paul, that's, that's counsel, not just for a pastor. I mean, it's, it's important because they're, they're entering into a realm of spiritual warfare as a couple mm-hmm. that, that they perhaps haven't faced before. Um, but but that's great counsel for every married man ever. You know, the Bible says, husbands, uh, love your wives the way Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. Uh, our problem is we get stuck on the verses that come before that. Wives, submit to your husbands. We forget the verse that comes before that. Submit to one another out of reverence for God. Uh, and, and you know, we, we, we so misunderstand this concept of, of servant leadership. And um, it is impossible to drag somebody into the will of God. They've got to go standing straight up. They've got to go with their eyes wide open. They've got to know with the comfort and the security of knowing that I know this is what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And there's no looking back. I said yesterday, and you can corroborate this, but I said yesterday, you and I wouldn't have lasted six months here if I would have dragged you here. Mm-hmm. And our partnership uh, is a lot deeper than just, well, Paula, pray about coming to Texas. It's not like, okay, get to Texas, woman, submit to me. We've, mm-hmm. we've never done that. Mm-hmm. But you've been my go-to person 
uh, literally in every important decision that we've made in the church, uh, every person that's ever been a pastor here on staff or an elder had to had to sort of be cleared through you, not not you giving your approval or well, okay, mm-hmm. but but I wanted to know that that we were walking together on these things, yeah. and um, as one flesh, if God can't use you to help steer me, then what's the value of partnership? And I just think too often. Uh, we men, we, we hear that wives submit your husbands and, and counseling over the years, we've heard it a, a hundred times. Mm-hmm. She just won't submit to me. Well, what do you want her to do? Mm-hmm. And, and here's the guy just being a jerk and not, certainly not loving her the way Christ loved the church, giving himself up for, in other words, putting her needs mm-hmm. ahead of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just like being boss. We like the benefits of being boss, but we don't want the accountability of being the leader in the home. Mm-hmm. I know you were cute this morning. You know, sometimes being on this radio show. Aren't like I a, still cute? Yeah, you are not. Yes, definitely. I should told you that. Just stop. <laughs> you should see his face looking at me like a poor little puppy. Like, Don't you think I'm still cute? Yes. But, um, you know, your shirt, I just got it out of the dryer and I didn't have my glasses on. And so it looked fine to me. <laughs> Yeah, that those tan shorts and that green shirt, that looks good. Let's go. You're like, uh, it's too wrinkled for me. I was like, it's not wrinkled. I just got it out of the dryer. I, I had the timer on. I made sure I got it out right away. And um, and then I put my glasses on, and I said, oh. Mm. <laughs> if you remember, I came in to you and said, put your glasses on and tell me if this looks okay. <laughs> yeah. So and you went, oh. oh. Yeah, and I tell people that at church, you know, when I'm cleaning my glasses, I'm like, you know what? I know how good looking you are, but you're going to look a lot better when I put my glasses on. So why I didn't think about putting my glasses on to give you this opinion on your shirt? Because I know you're a neat, clean guy and too many wrinkles. You just couldn't go out the house. You couldn't. So I said. <laughs> you know, if, if I had gone out of the house, you know, all day long, I would have said, Paula, that person over there staring at my wrinkled shirt. <laughs> Look at those people. They can't take their eyes off my wrinkled shirt. It would have bothered me the whole day. <laughs> and I know that. So I was so glad I put my, my glasses on and I said, oh, let me iron that. And this was, this was the point I was getting ready to make. You're like, oh, I have other shirts. <laughs> I can put on another shirt. I was like, it doesn't take but a minute. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm really kind of spoiled that you were going to just put on another shirt instead of, you know, let me iron that shirt. I don't really have that much to do. I would have thrown this shirt away. <laughs> <laughs> I know that about you. Oh, my goodness. So thank you for suggesting that I put the glasses on because had I put the glasses on once we got out and we were away from the house and I saw that shirt. I don't know him. <laughs> I'm not with him. We'd have had to go to a store and buy you another shirt because we would have both been upset. So anyway, but yeah, we have a we have a pretty fun time and and you do look cute. Don't get me wrong, I love this outfit. You are cute. So See, anyway, that's that's partnership. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any real questions or doctrinal questions or <laughs> life questions for for Paula uh, or for me, three four zero ninety five eighty five. Yeah, this is how to have fun in your marriage. <laughs> right here is learn to laugh at yourself and learn to laugh with each other um, because you're going in the same direction. And and a lot of times, as you're saying, you know, not just pastor and wife, but husband and wife with kids and grandkids and siblings and parents. Um, it, sometimes it can get rough. And so yeah. laugh when you can. Yeah. You know, Paul, when, when Jesus said too much is given, much is required. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, 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 the context there is, is, is much more is required. And when a man has been given leadership in the home, what that needs to mean to his wife and to his children is that he is obligated to them and, of course, to God, but he's obligated to make sure that every decision is bathed in prayer. He's obligated to, to, to open the Bible with his family and raise them in the way that they ought to go. 
um, if he doesn't do that, um, then he's failing. And and then to to want status or respect as the leader in the home makes no sense at all. And if there's a leadership vacuum, whoever's there is going to fill it. And so the man needs to understand that it's his job, and he's going to stand before the Lord and give account of that job. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I feel bad for you, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I look like a homeless guy today with my wrinkled shirt on. So. <laughs> no, just there's sometimes we're just like, oh, man, no wonder he had to make you a pastor in my home. So I would start getting it, you know, understand. Well, I got to present you holy and blameless before you, Jesus. That's what I'm saying. I feel bad for you, Pastor Ron. <laughs> Jesus, this is and he'll say, I know who this is. This is precious. This is precious. precious is Jesus' name for Paul. Yeah. This is precious. I love mm-hmm. her so much. Mm-hmm. And then he'll look at me, and I'll be able to tell what look at this is how I did. And you don't want to do that. No. Paul, we've got a phone call. We don't want to keep him. Let's, it's uh, from Floresville. Let's go to line one. It's anonymous on the line. Thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi. Um, I have a question about forgiveness. And I, okay. I'm sure everybody will know who I am because as soon as... I said, can I be anonymous? And they said, where are you from? I couldn't say San Antonio. But I have an issue uh, with a member of my family, and um, our pastor had a sermon on uh, Jude, a study on Jude, and it talked about confronting, which I was really grateful for because I have confronted this person, and uh, they're living a sinful life in every single way. To the point of it could cost him his life. Uh, mm. Now, when you talk, my husband is ready to have me uh, go seek professional counseling, and I don't want to do that. So I'm trying to deal with this in a way. I guess I'm looking to figure out if I'm supposed to ask for forgiveness or if I'm supposed to uh wait for them to ask for forgiveness, which I, at this point, they will not. But does forgiveness at some point just become your right to give up being angry and hurt? You just leave them where they are and continue to pray? Let, let me ask you a question. Does want to be forgiven? Yeah, and I, I want to be very specific in answering you. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me ask a question. Um, um, what do you perceive as your offense against this person that you might need to ask for forgiveness? Their rage, the anger. Uh, when I confronted them with what I know to be the truth, um, it was just the rage. I think that they were found out or that they can't hide behind their lies anymore. And there's a little, there's a little person that I'm trying to protect here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, they wanted to pick them up, and it was... Absolutely not, and this is why. So I just am not, I don't want to make someone so angry that they do something stupid. But I also don't know how to deal with my emotions. Yeah, let me, let me be, I want to be really clear, okay? So um, there's nothing that you have done. Uh, Their rage is not your responsibility. What happens when you um, expose the darkness in somebody's life, when you shine a light in the middle of the darkness, right in somebody's eyes, it hurts. And there is a lot of pain. And people will respond to the pain either by being broken and repenting, or they will get angry and rage. And that's, that's what happened. Now, you didn't cause that. It's not your uh, fault. It's not your responsibility. Uh, you went to this person in love. You were trying to protect another. And um, uh, you have nothing to apologize for. Now, here's the tricky part. Uh, how do you deal with your emotions? I think uh, this is one of those times when, when and I, I know people hate it when I say this, but this is where you've got to have faith in God that he's going to chase this person to the ends of the earth. And and your your job is to keep people safe, but but your emotions have to sort of take a back seat. To you, you can't save this person. You can't change or make decisions that are going to change the lifestyle. All you can do is tell them the truth, 
Tell them about Jesus. You've already done that. And then the rest of it is between them and God. And in the meantime, you distance yourself from it so that emotionally you don't fall into the hands of an enemy who's going to try to make you angrier and angrier and and more and more hurt. Um, This is one of those things where you've got to say, Lord, I laid this person down at your feet. And right now I've got to stay so close to you to protect my walk and to protect the other person in this relationship. And the only thing that, that you can do is, is trust that God is going to chase this person uh, and he loves him or her more even than you do. So um, th- there's nothing you can do. You didn't cause it. Uh, don't let her anger or his anger keep you from um, getting close to the Lord. If you're spending more time with your pain and with your emotions than you are with the Lord, um, then you're going to be in a dangerous place. I'm not done with this. We're going to coming up to a hard break. So uh, you can just listen on the air and I'll uh, come back and Paul, I'm sure I have something to say as well. You're listening to the word to stand up for life. This is the date, the edition of the program, 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the program the date day edition 340-9585 for your live calls and questions uh if you have anything that paula can help you with she is here and she's looking especially smart today so I'm sure that'll work. I want to go back to uh, our anonymous caller uh, from Floresville. Uh, obviously, we know who this woman is and um, and are familiar with her pain and with her story. So there's there just a couple of more things that I want to add. Um, the, the worst thing you could do, and God bless your husband, and I, I'm not, uh, you know, he's the spiritual head of the household, so um, um, I'm not trying to intervene, but... But but professional help, by that he means counseling, uh, isn't going to help you at all. That's the silliest waste of time. I, I, I It kills me that Christians actually think that there's something that a, a human can do or that psychology can do that the Word of God can't do. But what you need to do is be able to lay down this pain. You need to be able to set it down at the feet of Jesus. You might have to do it a hundred times a day, but you need to lay this pain at the feet of Jesus. You need to be filled with the power of his spirit. And and you do that by walking with Jesus. And if you're with Jesus, the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. That doesn't mean you're going to forget about your pain. It doesn't mean that that the horrible things that you've had to deal with uh, are going to go away from your memory. Um, it doesn't mean your fear is going to go away. But this is something every day you've got to give to Jesus. You know, when I get up, my my whole MO is, Lord, what about me? What about today? And I don't want anything in my life. I don't want anything that I'm afraid of. I don't want anything that, that, that makes me angry. Um, I don't want any accusations made by anybody else. I don't want anything to get in the way of being able to sit down and talk to and then walk with Jesus throughout the day. And I know how the enemy is going to keep pushing these buttons. He's going to do it because he wants to destroy you. Uh, This is just one of those things where you've got to say, Lord, you love them more than I do. Go get them. Now, as a grandma, it's your job to protect. You know that. We've talked about that in the past. And uh, I don't know what the current situation is with your grandchild, uh, but I hope that, uh, that that your grandchild is with you and is safe. Uh, if not, then you do whatever you have to do to make sure uh, that you can get that child with you. Uh, and in the meantime, until somebody comes by with a legal order that says you can no longer uh, keep that child safe, um, then then the child is yours. And, and uh, what other people say, the rage... None of that. So you don't need to ask anybody for forgiveness. Um, 
you can offer forgiveness to her. You can always be ready to open your arms and welcome her back. Yep. What you need to do is trust the Lord. And that's going to be a battle. The enemy has um, um, uh, an attack plan for you, and he knows all the soft spots, the tender spots. But um, uh, I will be really, really praying for you. Paula, do you want to add anything? Yeah, your your husband, he's just trying to, like, you want to fix this pain. He's trying to fix yours. And instead of you guys going together to the Lord, he's um, he's probably a little frustrated and afraid and is really wanting you to just go somewhere and get this fixed, you know. And like Pastor Ron said, that's not going to work. Um, so pray for your husband as well that you guys will be on the same page. And, you know, we've seen this over and over again where the grandparents end up with their own grandchildren because their kids are drugs and alcohol and it's just so sad. And yet uh, the kids are the true victims and somebody's got to stand up and, and bless your heart for doing so. We have one young boy in our church who uh, turns five today. And after church last night, I was just talking to uh, his grandparents who now have legal custody. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just the sweetest boy and so well adjusted. And, and grandma and grandpa are really mom and dad, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, you know, God gets some great victories in these things. One thing that I will also add, and I hope your husband is listening to the program as well. Um, Paula said you and he have to be on the same page. That's impossible if you're not in the Word of God together. So uh, if he really wants to help, if he wants to fix, and it's hard for a husband um, who loves God and who loves his wife, it's hard to to watch that person sometimes, at least in our own view, self-destruct before our very eyes. Um, The only way that, that, that this can be put together in a, in a way that's immovably solid is to be in the word together. And so you and he ought to be sitting together every day. It doesn't take long. It doesn't have to be for hours and hours, but, but just read the word together. Talk about it. Um, uh, spend some time uh, letting the Lord speak to you as a married couple. Uh, it doesn't eliminate your need to be in the word individually, but, um, you know, it's a great way to, to start the morning. Uh, you read a chapter, let him read a chapter, or even better, let him read the same chapter. Repetition is powerful. Uh, and then talk about what the Lord is, is, is saying. And that will knit your hearts together in ways that make no sense to our human logic. But, but that's how two can walk together. Yeah. And that's the practical way that they can agree to do so and identify the same direction. Um, in this case, um, trust the Lord. Yeah. Trust the Lord. Yeah. And one other thing, and as much as you want to save your child from him or herself in this destructive life, um, it's really kind of time to tell them that you can't be involved in their life. And so that you're not constantly in their presence or there in yours. You can't fix it. And so it's like you want to live a destructive life, you got to go do that elsewhere. Yeah. Don't call me, don't come by. And yeah. when they threaten you with taking their child, say, you go get the authorities um, and let's see. Right now I'm thinking of a woman in our church, Paula, who is learning this lesson. It's a painful lesson to oh, learn. Man, I know. And, and I'm just thinking that it would be really great for these two to kind of commiserate, get together mm-hmm. and share um, the difficulty they're having in really trusting God, because make no mistake, it's a faith issue. Yeah. And sometimes you got to let people go. Yeah. You, you can stop trying to manipulate the situation or stop trying to, 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 to impose yourself. Uh, it's not going to get better until um, this person bows a knee to yep. the Lord yep. and and for you to have any expectations at all that you can help fix things um, is unreasonable. Yeah, it's, it's a burden you can't bear. That's yeah. a God thing, not, not a human thing. 
thank you for the phone call and uh, we really will be praying for you and I don't say those things lightly so Lord help me remember daily to pray yes. 340-9585 for live calls and questions Paula what is next well you know we just had um, our next to last sweet summer devotion and, um, and that was Yvette Aguilar I think I said that properly you know or not so highly educated black woman. That's pretty good Spanish right there, right? <laughs> Yvette Aguilar. Go ahead. Anyway, she's, her sweet summer devotion was, But First Jesus. And she started out that she'd been holding on to hatred and anger, living a life behind a mask. And man, when you live a life with anger and hatred behind a mask, the beauty that could be just starts draining out of your body. And, um, and her mask was pretty effective. She was very productive, uh, fruitful in, in the work world, um, um, a high upper level management job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she had a lot of people fooled. Mm-hmm. But one person she couldn't really fool was herself. Yeah, herself and God. That was amazing. Um, and I would tell everybody man or woman, to go to our website, go to the Women's Ministry, and listen to Yvette Aguilar's um, But First Jesus, because not just women have been holding on to anger and and bitterness and living a life behind a mask, Um, a a life just poor, a very dysfunctional family, physical, sexual abuse from very young for. A long time um, living secrets uh, in their family. Nobody wanted to talk about the hush hush that was going on, you know, and these kids are being. Um, and, the, and the problem, of course, is the hush, the, the, the hush hush allows things to keep to going continue on. You going. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And um, just sexually abused for years by our own family members. To me, that just is like, you know what? I know it happens. I know it, but to look at Yvette now, because we've only known her for four years, and um, her family knows, and they were trying to hide it, and, and I and I kind of think they're, in a while, I know, that when those secrets come out, just like you said um, to the anonymous caller, um, the people who were the guilty parties, or you know, they're very angry now. Why'd you put our business in the street kind of thing, and... Um, Anyway, I think a lot of people, a lot more people are out there like Yvette was um, than we know. And so everybody who's been living under this, you know, this happened to me, but we don't dare make mention of it. Um, You do yourself a real good favor by going to our website and listening to Yvette Aguilar's yeah, let me let me add one thing, Paula, before you continue. Um, You know, you said, I know these things happen. But but I think most of us uh, as Christians, uh, while we know those kind of things happen, child sexual abuse, we know those things happen. Um, we 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 prefer not to think about how often they happen. And uh, twenty four years as a pastor will will shake you to your core because this happens in more homes and has happened to more. Young women were still dealing with the, the issues and the problems 30, 40, 50 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 the amount of sexual abuse against children by people who they should be able to love and trust yeah. is overwhelming. Overwhelming. She said they went to church every Sunday. And then during the week, sexual and physical abuse by the same people who took them to church every Sunday. Wow. In this case, the mother in the home just sort of turned a blind eye. It's easier. Not to least so, so she's got to deal with the double betrayal. Yeah. Uh, a, a father who is abusing her and a, and a mother who wasn't protecting her. And at some point, you just cram it so deep within that you, 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 you the mask becomes impenetrable. Yeah. The mask becomes who you really who you really are, who you really think you are. But Jesus. But Jesus. 
and he knocked that all down and to see her now she could not believe um, that Jesus would love her Jesus could love her um, and, and she was it was kind of cute because she said this he just doesn't know all that I've done <laughs> you know and then she's you can, I laughed through tears with that yeah me too because Jesus really 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 loves us all and you're not second class you're not dirty like her family was telling her you know the Lord will take you and she didn't do anything to cause it no no but see your brain gets twisted yeah after years and years especially when it starts so young your brain gets twisted yeah and she talks in the uh, sweet summer devotion about uh, the only way she knew to relate to men was was sexual and um it just it just warps everything. Yeah. And then one day Jesus comes along and looks into your eyes and says, I don't want anything from you, mm-hmm. but I want everything for you. Yeah. And yeah. I love you with a holy, perfect love. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was around for a little bit before she surrendered her heart. Uh, I, I love the thing, and this is another good one for, for our anonymous caller before. Um, she lived such a, a, a wicked lifestyle. And she wanted to see her grandchildren mm-hmm. and her daughter who goes to our church and uh, is just the, Treasure. the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely the Love best. Love her. Uh, but she said, well, well, mom, if you want to see the kids, the only place you're going to see them is at church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be at church every Sunday. The kids are going to be there and you can see your grandchildren at church. Mm-hmm. But I can't trust the kids with you anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, and she took a stand. I realize our anonymous caller, it's the reverse situation. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, there's one of those things where you've got to be, take that stand for Jesus and let him um, fix things. And boy, did he ever fix of that. Man, she's something else. And now she can say the scripture, one of my favorites, that he says to her, all beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Yeah. And um, she says, I'm clean. I am clean because yeah. of First John 1, 9, you know. He has taken my confession, and now I'm all beautiful. I'm, I'm all pure. Yeah, I'm pure. Paul, I, I, oh, is there anything from the Q&A that stands out from you about this Monday night? Um, yeah, but it, it kind of got personal, you know, because I don't want to disclose what the other people were asking. Um, have you forgiven um, has there been any reconciliation? Uh, she said she's forgiven everybody, everything, so she's free. Um, but the hard part is they've not, you know, um, confessed that they were ever wrong. Um, but she says, I know, and I'm free, and I'm clean. So, um, And then just the getting over the feeling of, oh, oh, here's a question. Do you ever have those times where, you know, the enemy just, is knocking you down and you he takes you back to those old moments she goes oh all the time but i have to take that thought captive and remember that i'm a second corinthians five seventeen woman uh, you know for those who are in christ all things all things that pass away all things become new so i have to she said it's a constant battle because she's only been saved less than four years and so she knows more about what used to be than she does of who is right now. And so it's a constant battle. And so um, pray for her. Pray for all the, I, I, I pray for all of the speakers because when you do your testimony, you remember all the stuff. Um, the enemy starts pushing those yes, buttons he again. Does. It's hard. Yep, he does. And now we have uh, the next and last one for the summer, Leisha. It's going to be Leisha Brown. She's going to be... Um, sharing with us, and I can't wait. And I never know. I never know what they're going to talk about. And that's the coolest thing. And usually I'm like, I'm so proud. I'm like looking at these girls thinking, Jesus, you're a genius for picking each one of them, you know. And uh, so I don't know what she's going to share, but I'm looking forward to it. And she's she's cute and little. And I know she loves Jesus with all of her heart, like all of them, and I can't wait. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, but yes, she said, serving others, this was going back to Yvette, she said, you know, serving others is healing. 
Because if you are so close to your pain and your old memories, um, you can get sucked back in. He said, but serving others um, was what really, really helped her. Um, it was just so healing. And to be here at Calvary Chapel with uh, some, of the, some of these ladies, they were also filled with joy. And yet she knew some of their stories because they would share. And, and she was like, well, how are you so happy about that? Well, I'm freed from that. Um, I said, uh, and she mentioned Hebrews ten twenty five. do not forsake the assembling of the saints as some are in the habit of doing, because that's when the enemy really pounds you. He really pounds you. Uh, one of the other questions was, uh, because, oh, yeah, the first day that uh, Yvette came here, one of our ladies came and sat by her because Yvette was not comfortable here. And she said, I think that lady figured she getting ready to bolt. She getting ready to leave. So the, the, new, the, the, the lady who comes to our church took a hold of her hand and held it the entire service so she couldn't get up and leave. And uh, It was cute. When, when I tell people, come to church and ask God for opportunities, mm-hmm. God will speak to, to people's hearts. <laughs> the, the lady next to you is hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, take her hand. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's hard to run away when somebody's got yeah. your hand. Yeah, you, you don't want to be rude because, you know, she's trying to pull her hand out and the other person's like, no, we're going to listen to Pastor Ron, what he has to say. The Lord's going to speak to your heart, you know. And so it was it was really fun. And then another lady said, so for me, the first time I came here, it was all nice and everything, but it seemed like everybody was kind of like on the same page, which made me think, this is a cult. You know, and she said, and the second time I came here, they remembered my name. You know, this is weird. But she said, I could not stay away from here. And now she's a regular as well. So, yeah, but uh, some of the questions were, um, I'm stuck in, you know, the, I can, I remember every single thing that happened to me and they're stuck there. They can remember the smell of that person. I'm stuck there. And the Lord wants to unstick you and to see Yvette's joy. Even though she's talking about these horrendous things that happened to her, who she is. And she now. took responsibility for the terrible things she did. Yes, she sure did. Personal uh, responsibility. Yeah. Was I, I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, Paula, when people are stuck uh, as a victim. Yeah. Um, it's a convenient way, and I don't mean it's intentional, but but it's a convenient way of justifying the horrible things that you've done. Mm-hmm. It, it eclipses your sins against God, mm-hmm. and well, well, it's not fair because this stuff happened to me, and and so we just sort of live our lives doing, mm-hmm. uh, dishing out pain to other people, mm-hmm. and and the way to get unstuck is to accept personal responsibility for what you've done, yeah. and then let the Holy Spirit free you from the things that have been done to you Mm -hmm. and he'll do it every time. Mm -hmm. That was really cool because last night's study, good transition there, Pastor Ron. That's why you're called to be the pastor. (laughs) Um, The old is gone uh, from Isaiah. God can change. God um, changes hearts and perspective. And you said that nothing from our past has to um, affect us any longer. We can let it go. We really can't let it go. It's a choice. You know, I mean, the, the thoughts are going to come, but we could say, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going back there. I have forgiven. Oh, I need to forgive again. I already have. I'll forgive again if the thought comes up because the enemy will say, oh, you didn't forgive. You didn't really forgive them because if you did, why did that thought come up? Well, I did forgive. And you know what? Just to be sure, I'm going to forgive them again. It's gone. You know, Paul, I think that's a, a great working definition of faith. Um, if we can come before the Lord and say, um, uh, your word promises that, that my past hasn't, doesn't have to influence my future for one more minute of one more day. Yeah. And then we got to say, Lord, I choose to believe, but help me with my unbelief. Yeah, I believe, help my unbelief. Or, right. or Lord, increase my faith. Mm-hmm. But it's something that we've got to do every day. It's, mm-hmm. it's a part of, of transforming the way we think, renewing our minds in the Word of God. And um, I, you and I do a lot of counseling together, and, and the, the, sort of the impossible counseling scenario 
is that person who's been in victim mode for their whole lives and they've used that to justify the way they treat other people. Um, and those people remain stuck. Yeah. And they often get angry at us. Mm-hmm. Well, you think it's just so easy to, to drop it. I, I know it's not easy. But you don't have to do the fighting. Jesus will do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what faith is. Do you have the faith to believe that what happened to you in the past doesn't have to bother you or influence you for one more minute of one more day? If, if, you'll, if you'll ask God to help you believe that, then he'll ensure that it happens. Yeah. And, and for me, because, you know, I was in the victim mode for a long time. What that does is it kept me from looking into my own heart, which is what you've been saying for the last couple of Sundays. And I better get it right because Luke 17 is coming. But no, <laughs> it, it kept me from looking into my own heart. If I can look out and just continue to blame everybody else for all the bad things, you know, it doesn't give the Holy Spirit, the opportunity to look into my heart so that I can bring my heart before the Lord and be cleansed. He wants me to forgive and love like he does. And we even said this at the, at the Q&A and we pray. You know, sometimes those people that we hold our grudge against or whatever, they really don't care. They really don't care. Guess who it's hurting? Yeah. Only they're, they're not They're not wrestling with the past. Uh-uh. They're, they're fine with it. Yeah. And, and we've got to be set free. Yeah. Well, time went fast, Paula. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to the Word to Stand Up for Life. This is a date day edition of the program. <laughs> My mouth isn't working so well. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. Um, God bless you. Please pray for Kuka. Please keep her in your prayers. Mm-hmm. We'll keep you posted. See you later. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Calvary.